Can you tell us, has the minister arrived there as yet? The minister has not yet arrived at the moment, but however, the situation is not yet settled at the moment. But uh, the police are on high visibility to try and restore order. Um, but taxi drivers belonging to the border allies are the ones that are feeling the pinch the most as they are losing their income. They are basically blaming the police for protecting um, foreign nationals, saying that it's against the law. South Africa is not a banana republic. It's against the law, you know, to carry rifles in public. But taxi drivers were basically saying that um, they played a very instrumental role in terms of protecting uh, businesses belonging to the um, our foreign nationals, particularly during the um, um, a looting outbreak in South Africa. Well, however, the minister is expected to arrive at any given time where he is expected to interact with um, um, business owners and tax owners to try and resolve this impasse. Were there any fresh clashes today or was it still calm at this point in time? No, the situation is very calm. It's not as hectic as it was yesterday. And you say the tensions are still in the area. Just take us back and remind our listeners as to what sparked the violent clashes. It's allegedly, you must remember, there's only one side of the story, but it's allegedly that um, two uh, vehicles collided um, with one another. So, and that's when the incident started. And have you managed to speak to those involved in the violence? And what do they say? Nobody wants to speak at the moment. But the situation here in Perkwood is, is, is very, is not yet settled per se, but nobody wants to speak at the moment. Unless, I think that they are basically saying to us that they can only speak to us after they have engaged the minister. What is the minister expected to do when he arrives there? With Minister Pekipel, we can never know anything, but as far as I'm concerned, it does not take any nonsense from anyone. So he's expected to, to engage with the relevant stakeholders in a very, very peaceful manner. That's our report. Business, yeah. most, most businesses are affected here. That our reporter on the scene there, Zolani Moya, waiting for the minister uh, to arrive. Joining us now on the line is independent analyst around the situation, Isa Komo. A very good afternoon to you and welcome. Oh, welcome, welcome, Isa. M- M- Mr. Komo, the latest violence in Corston. Uh, has this been brewing for a while? <laughs> Well, I would not say I talk about Colston. I'm not in Colston. I'm in here in Joburg. <laughs> but I mean to say that uh, the thing is this, that people do not understand the nature of uh, the businesses which take place, be they the spaza or retail businesses, which are run by Somalis. Some of them are run by uh, Romos and others. Uh, these businesses, basically, they've got very, very, very strong and strong and control of groups like Al-Shabaab and the OLF. Hmm. And these good people, they are, yeah, it's, it's like that, and it's got a history, yeah? yeah? So that's a thing that people do not understand. But it's a truth, is this, it's a truth. And every month, like here in Johannesburg, there, there are cars, or there are people who go around the spires collecting tithes or money for, the, for this organization. Mm. It's been going on for a long time. Are they collecting from South Africans or are they collecting from... They're collecting from their own nationals. These Mm. shops, they're all connected to the Al-Shabaab. In fact, they say, I've got Somali friends, and I'm not trying to weep up a sort of xenophobic hatred. Mm -hmm. I've got Somali friends, and this is what I get from my Somali friends. They can can point out to the cars and the people who are involved. Now, these people, they collect this money, which the money is put together, and then it is actually transported through money laundering, through, the, through the, what they call 
hawalas, yeah, mm. to, to, to the relevant organization, the ETA, El Shabaab, the, the Oromo Liberation Front. The Oromo Liberation Front collects about 10 million every month. Uh, and even the Taliban, mm. yeah, the Taliban, the Pakistan, and the Afghani Taliban, they've actually got their business connection. These are the biggest, uh, South Africa is the biggest uh, uh, financial center for the OLF and also for El Shabaab. But before the Al Shabaab came to control these spazas, or having the spazas affiliated to them, there was a very big turf war among the Somalis, which took place about um, about ten years ago. It was in the same area, uh, PE, Kabeha, what you call East London, Cape Town, yeah, all the way yes. up to Durban. They were fighting those Somalis who were not affiliated or who did not want to be affiliated with Al Shabaab. And in that move, the Al Shabaab actually got their gunmen from Somalia. And so, it was said at that time they got the young boys who were trained in Eritrea. That was some 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. These Eritreans they were here in South Africa. This to yeah. me. And then there was enforcers and they enforced compliance. Mm-hmm. So now that is what we are having here in South Africa. All this business basically has got a very big underground, uh, underground illi- yes. uh, sort of uh, so, illegal. So, now just to finish off, just yes. to finish off. Now there, were, there was a spaza owner in, in, in Mamilodi, another one in, in, in Joburg some years ago. These guys they did their business here, but then they relocated to Somalia. One of them was the command of Al Shabaab in uh, Kismayu. And other one in Baldwin. This is a known fact among the Somali community. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me like it's an organized criminal network. It is. Basically, it is. I mean, to say that uh, this whole thing. But that's the nature of, 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 of these businesses here. These are actually economic uh, outlets, and not outlets, economic uh, centers mm-hmm. for collecting money. And they say that, let me not. Uh, they say that most of these spazas, they're armed. They're the spazas shop owners, of, of, yeah, which yeah. consist and of Somali again, You can never, even as a South African, try to come and open a business, a spaza business around the areas that they control. You'll be eliminated. They will, they will actually steal from you. You either go away, and if you don't go away, you'll be eliminated. Hmm. The same thing that's happening around, around uh, the taxi ranks, where there it is not the spaza owners, the Somalis. But there's a Mediterranean mafia where, which actually controls those things. You, as an outsider, not part of that mafia, cannot go and open a bottle store. Sure. These bottle stores, which are owned around around taxi ranks all over the country, yes. they are owned really by the uh, by the by, by a Mediterranean mafia. Right. Yeah, the, where they've got the sports shop. People should go and look who they are, and they'll understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Now we understand that the Somali nationals allegedly also had firearms that are not available in this country. What do you know about this? That's what I'm saying. These arms have been brought in. That's the, those are Al-Shabaab arms. Mm-hmm. And they're all illegal. I said they've all armed. And in fact, not only that they've got uh, enforcers, they can actually go and actually get these enforcers to enforce. Right now, there's a very big uh, silent war which is going on between the Romos and the Somalis. Yeah? People cannot differentiate between Ethiopians and, and, uh, and, and Somalis. Mm. Yeah? But um, there's a very big war. Take uh, Fort um, Mesa, for example. There's a street that they call the Mexico-USA border. On one side, you've got the Oromo shops. These are Ethiopians. 
and the other side you've got the Somali shops. They never cross. Oromo cannot go and open a business in the Somali center, and they fight for new economic areas. They were turf wars, and these turf wars are violent mm-hmm. among Talk- themselves. Talking about those turf wars, those are turf wars being fought here right on home soil in South Africa. Yes, it is so. I mean, to say South Africa, you see, I once had an article which I wrote about uh, xenophobic attacks, you know, and I gave two or three examples of uh, where there are turf wars fought against outside nationals, by outside nationals, yeah? Uh, basically, within the CBD, uh, Joburg CBD, for example, I mean, say there was a time when the Nigerian and uh, West African uh, street hawkers were actually kicked out of this area. Uh, around which street is this? Um, small street? I forget. Sorry? Small street, perhaps? No, 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 not small street. Okay, from small street coming up, where, 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 the, where the Romos are based. Mm-hmm. But they got kicked out from that area. They got kicked out by the Romos. Yeah, so those people they were kicked out and they went to they, they went to Church Street, but that war which took place there it was violent. Yeah, that was over ten years ago. It was violent. They were violently kicked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but now you find that that is a tough war within South Africa. Yeah. Now you say that if South Africans have been involved in that thing, that it would have been xenophobic. Yes. But basically, it's actually taking place here, as I said, that this turf war, which are taking place between the Somalis and the Oromos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're taking place every day. And also amongst blacks, uh, black, blacks also, I mean, to say that there was another time in, um, on, I'm digressing a bit, in, in, in Alexander, where there was a fight amongst Mozambicans. They were calling each other, hey, quere, quere. and people said, but how can you call another person a quere, quere, when you, you are a Mozambican? I said, no, these are newly arrivals. They want to take over our business area. So these are the type of things that are taking place right here in South Africa. So what do you think... Yeah. So what we've seen in Quebec are the clashes between the Somali nationals and taxi drivers is something perhaps that we as, uh, as South Africans have not been watching very closely. Well, we've not been watching very closely. I mean, to say that um, people have been complaining. I mean, it's up to the police. And, and not only that, some of the police people are in their pockets. Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry to say so, but I mean to say that uh, the Somali community, when talking to them, they talk about uh, their close relations to to, to to metropolis, for example. Yeah, I mean years ago when this, it was very popular for people to have these uh, street cell phones. Yeah, now before the cell, not the street phones. Now there were women in in, in who used to have these things on the streets. And then there were Somalis who had shops who also had these telephone outlets, yeah? But then these Somalis actually went and you, they brought the metro people, and the metro people went and got rid of these uh, South African women in the streets. They did that so they could, people, so they could have a monopoly of those, please. I that's, think... what, that's, yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Mr. Yeah? Mr. Komu, thank you so much for your time and your analysis there.